0: Have you ever heard the call of God? Sometimes we don't perceive that he's speaking. The hymn writer put it this way. O sinner, the Savior is calling for thee. Long, long has he called you in vain. He called you when joy, lent its crown to thy days. He called thee in sorrow and pain. Yes, even the circumstances of life contain the call of God to us. Both good times and bad. Sometimes it's a whisper. Sometimes it's a shout. Have you ever been made aware of God's call to you? But God's call comes mainly through His Word. He touches our hearts with truths that we all know to be right and true. We know that there is something wrong with the world, and especially with us. We feel the guilt of our own sin, and we long for forgiveness and unconditional love. Don't look into the strange new philosophies of this world. Don't fall for self-improvement programs. Just read what God says and take what he offers freely, salvation and eternal life. In today's message, evangelist Mr. Marvin Dirksen looks at the last entreaty of God in the Bible. It's in the last book and almost the last verse. Yes, God wants to make sure we don't miss the message. He extends an invitation to the sinner right until his latest breath. But make no mistake, one day the last call will be given. We hope that you will turn to Christ now and heed God's call today, even as you listen to today's broadcast.
1: Revelation chapter 22 and verse number 16. And it says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Interesting that verse 17 has three comes, and one take, and one freely. And so you could read, come, 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 take freely. And I can't help but think of the verse of the Lord Jesus when he said, there's going to be some that will come from the east and the west, the north and the south. They'll come a long ways and they'll receive the gift and sit down in the kingdom, and you that were so close will be shut out. That's tragic, isn't it? We are talking about privilege and blessing and invitation. And so tonight I would like to look at heaven's last call. I've often thought if, if it was up to me to write the last chapter of this amazing book, I would likely end it with a warning. But that's not the heart of God, is it? Yes, there are warnings. There are invitations. There are pleas. There are earnest tears and earnest cries that mark this book. But the very heart of God is expressed again in these last closing verses. When he says over and over and over again, come, come. It's God's big word. He's an inviting God. And he doesn't close this volume without expressing and extending one more call. And he says, come. And tonight you have to decide what you're going to do with Heaven's last call. Interesting that the Bible is filled with God's comes. Genesis chapter 7, you can do a panoramic view of God's interest. There was a day when he spoke to a a man and his family. He says, Noah, come thou, come thou and all thy house into the ark. Simple statement. But oh, how embracing, how separating. Come thou and all thy house into the ark. He was living in an age, in a world just like our own. Skeptical disregarded God, filled with violence. Isn't that our age? Tremendous immorality, tremendous unbelief. And I could just picture that generation looking at Noah, building this monstrosity of a boat, if you call it that, just a big box. And this man was convinced that God wanted him to build that. And they thought, this man's gone a little bit soft upstairs. This man has got very strange delusions, and he keeps at it. 120 years, it would seem. He was in the building of it. A mammoth project, a mega project. And then the day came. Noah, come. Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee I've, have I seen righteous in thy generation. And a man did exactly what God said. And there were likely neighbors that were laughing at him. Noah, you don't You don't mean to say you're actually going to go in there? But Noah responded to God's command, didn't he? It was a call, it was a come of safety. It was a call of separation, wasn't it? He was leaving a condemned world. He was leaving a world that was about to experience the judgment of God. We are living in similar days, as it was in the days of Noah, the Lord Jesus, and even so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. What marked that age, marks our age. And yet the message is still the same. Come, come. It was a call of salvation and security. And the moment came when God took that door and he shut it. God shut him in. And within just a brief time from that final shutting of that door, the judgment of God descended. God is still expressing and conveying another come, come. The door is still open. And you have to decide what you're going to do with it. But we come to Isaiah chapter 1. And God is again speaking to a nation. They haven't heard his voice very well. They've been busy with other things. And yet the God of amazing interest says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And tonight, if there is an individual here and your sins are bothering you, if you look at your past and you realize, I, I'm I responsible for those sins and there's a tremendous burden upon you. God's come is wonderful, isn't it? Come now, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins might be as red as crimson or just like scarlet, dazzling display, crystal clear, you're ashamed of them. But he says they can be made as white as snow. They can be just as wool. I have wondered about why God uses those two illustrations. When God says they shall be as white as snow. You know, when you look at snow, it's, it's white all the way through, isn't it? I know sometimes when, when the slush hits and the, and the salt hits, it gets kind of dirty, but you know, snow in its pristine form, it's white all the way through. I thought you could leave this meeting cleansed. Record cleared. No condemnation. My, it's wonderful to be cleansed of all of our sin. And then he says, your sins will be just like wool. And of course, wool is sheared off. It's removed. And you know, when the Lord Jesus came, he came to put away sin. He came to deal with our greatest problem, the problem of our sin. In fact, John the Baptist could say, there he is. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away, which beareth away the sin of the world. At the night, there is a call of consultation. There's a call of cleansing. There's a call of Counsel. Come now. Let us reason together. Your sins could be cleansed tonight. But God says, You're going to have to come. You're going to have to come to me. Ah, there's another call. Luke chapter 14, the Lord Jesus told the parable about a man who made a great supper. And after that supper was all prepared, he sent out his servants. He says, Come, 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 for all things are now ready. You see, there has been preparation made. And you're invited to this wonderful supper, to this wonderful banquet, to this amazing provision that God has brought into view. And tonight, this call is so simple, isn't it? And yet so all-encompassing. Come, for all things are now ready. We find the very God of heaven has provided salvation, provided it for you. Tremendous cost to him and to his beloved son, because you see it cost the death at the cross. It cost him precious blood. It cost him the darkness and the forsakenness of Calvary. And yet he went there, that from heaven there might come this great cry, this great call, come for all things are now ready. You could sit down at God's banquet feast, the banquet of salvation, and begin to enjoy everlasting life. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What an amazing invitation from God. He says, come unto me. There isn't an individual in this world that is able to give rest for the soul. But there was one man. Thank God he came. And with wondrous grace, he says, come unto me. Come unto me. And I will give you rest. You see, he delivers on his promise. And tonight, if you come to any other person apart from the Lord Jesus, you're going to be disappointed. I thought that would do it. I thought he could do it. Sometimes people even look to preachers as if preachers can dispense salvation blessing. My friend, we can't. We're just sinners saved by grace ourselves. But we want to point you to the one who said, come unto me. Come unto me. Salvation is found in a person tonight. Maybe you have thought about joining a church. Maybe you thought about turning over a new leaf. Maybe you're hoping that your lifestyle, your good works, your sincerity, the fact that you don't do an awful lot of bad habits, maybe that should all have some some benefit. Salvation's found in a person, the Lord Jesus, and he says, Come unto me. He's such an available Savior tonight. Still stands with outstretched arms. He's such an attractive Savior. He delivers on his promise. He was so accessible, he never turned anyone aside. He never turned a young person away and said, no, when you're a a teenager, you come back, but you're really too young. Never did that. Never said to the older folk, I'm sorry, you should have come years ago. You're just too old. I really can't help you. He never said to any young person, my, you're sowing an awful lot of wild oats. When you get your life cleaned up, then you come and see me. No, no. He was accessible. He was available. He was attractive to every individual that would come. I thought heaven's scope is still the same. My friend, it includes you tonight. Have you ever come? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I remember hearing about a judge, and after I heard it, I went online just to confirm the story, and it was absolutely true. In 1930, he sat at his desk in his office in the courthouse, and he wrote out a large check payable to his wife. And then he wrote a very small note to attach to that large check, Only had six words on it. And he says, I am very weary. Love, Joe. With a paper clip on that. Left it on the desk. Left the office. Hailed a taxi. And has never been seen since. 1930. His disappearance evoked one of the largest manhunts in U.S. history. Never found him. Just disappeared. No signs. No letters. No notes. Nothing returned. We we're made aware that there was a man who was very weary, weary of life, weary with all the burdens. But all he said at the end of his days is, I am very weary. Anybody here tonight weary with your sin? Weary with the emptiness of your life? Weary with the hopelessness of a future that you're facing? Afraid of eternity? Jesus Christ says, come unto me, all ye that labored are heavy laden. My friend, if you come for any other purpose, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be disillusioned. But he said, if you're weary, you qualify. If you're heavy laden, burdened, you qualify. This is a salvation that brings relief, that brings rest, that lifts burdens. The promise is, I will give you rest, rest. Tremendous blessing to have peace with God. Tremendous blessing to have rest in your soul. And tonight you could leave with the greatest blessing, the forgiveness of your sins, peace with God. And it's all found when an individual comes to the only one who's able to give that, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. But we have read of the last call, and it says, "In the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him that heareth say, Come. Let him that is athirst, Come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life. Freely. Now understand what that verse is saying. The previous verse has revealed the Lord Jesus as the root and the offspring of David and the bright and the morning star. And so he has introduced himself once again as the hope for every believer, as the hope for the church, the bright and the morning star. One of the wonderful images of his coming involves the bright and the morning star, the last star in the night sky, the morning star. I can't say that I have been up every morning looking for the morning star. I know some of you have. Some of you are heading out to the barn or heading off to work or heading into the traffic. And you look up and, ah, oh, there it is. You know what that's telling us? Morning is coming. Then I just far spent. The dawn is just ahead. And you know, as believers look at this dark world, this sinking age, these desperate times, this hopeless existence that so many experience, the struggles, the difficulties, the sorrows, the tears. We are able to look up and you know what we see? We see the morning star. Maybe not the most brilliant star in the sky, but oh, so crystal clear, isn't it? And you know what it tells us? He's coming. And you know, as verse 17 begins, the Lord Jesus, I am the bright and the morning star with an instantaneous response. The spirit and the bride say, come. There are believers here tonight, and we say, come, Lord Jesus. We are longing for that day. And he says, let him that heareth say, come. There are believers down through the ages, across the vast stretches of this world, in the four corners of this world of ours. And they are looking up, and they are joining in that invitation. Come, come, Lord Jesus. The response of believers to the coming Christ. But now the entire picture changes, and heaven speaks. And he says, and let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. As believers look up and say, come, Lord Jesus. The very God of salvation looks down, he says to every individual, come. Tonight, that's heaven's last call. Heaven wants to give you this gift that we've been hearing of. Heaven has you in mind. It's a free gift. Whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. And what thrills me tonight is that this is an impartial call, not just for a select few. It's for every single individual in this audience, in this city, in this world. It's a call of, could I say, of tremendous patience. He's calling again. Just a couple of years ago, I was in Newfoundland and I met a young man. I, well, I you know I better qualify that. I met a middle aged man, just gotten saved. I said, What's your story? He said, You know, I, I grew up in the gospel. The gospel came in the early 1960s. There was a tremendous move of God. And during that time of blessing brought up into the sound of the gospel. The age of 16, the age of 16, you said, not going back, not interested. Never came back for 30 years. 30 years. Eventually married and then raised his family without God, without a Bible, without the gospel. And in time, a daughter of his was married, and she and her new husband moved to Toronto. And somehow she came across some Christians who invited her along to some gospel meetings. And if the daughter didn't get saved. And so, I don't know if it was Christmas time or whether it was birthday, I'm not sure, but she said to her husband, I want to send my father and my parents a gift. He said, what are you going to send them? She said, I'm going to send them a Bible. So She went and got a Bible, wrapped it up, sent it off to Newfoundland at the age of 46. 30 years had passed at the age of 46. opened up that personal gift. And when he looked at that, he says, Oh, it's a Bible. It's a Bible. And in that moment of moments, the call of God came again. Heart was softened. A daughter had sent her father a Bible. And he says, I've got to go back. He began to listen to the gospel. And he came to understand that after 30 years, God was still interested in him. How patient is God? How kind is God? How gracious is God? And tonight, wherever you are coming from, there's a God that's calling for you. He left a meeting one night with his wife, and he was going down the road, and he says, I've heard all of these verses all my life. I memorized them. I learned them in Sunday school. He said, you know, all the texts on the wall, John three sixteen. he said, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And on the other side of the hall... Isaiah 53 and 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was, he said he was wounded for my transgressions. I'm saved. He was wounded. And he stopped the car and amidst the tears, he turned around, he went back to the hall to convey the message. He was wounded for my transgressions. It really did happen. And the call of God, the come of God was listened to and responded to. You know, tonight there is a God who's saying, Come, come. Come for all things are now ready. Let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him come and take the water of life freely. Includes you tonight. Maybe your first time here. Maybe maybe you've been here every night. But God is saying it so simply and yet so definitely. Come, come. And when an individual comes and takes the gift, they leave with eternal riches. They leave with Christ. Let me ask you as we close. Will you come to Christ tonight? Not to a front of a building. Not to a preacher. Not to a congregation. No. Come to Christ. If you come, the person that comes to me, I will never, never, never turn them aside. Never. Heaven's last call will be heard by you, and there will be a response from your heart for salvation.
0: Yes, You need to respond to God's call today. Who knows when his last call will be? He wants you to be honest about your sin. He wants you to understand your greatest need of all. He wants to give you eternal life as a gift with no strings attached. Will you receive it? We hope so. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, Or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the Gospel or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. My name is John Sharp and thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point where we believe that in times like these, you need a savior. And in times like these, you need an anchor.